Welcome, everyone, to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host for this podcast, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so much for listening. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. The Autism Society of Minnesota has been serving Minnesota's autism community for the past 50 years. Visit them online at AUSM.org. My t-shirt sale and fundraiser for the Autism Society of Minnesota ends Saturday, April 24th. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash store forward slash right now to purchase a custom-made t-shirt made of comfortable material and you get to choose the color. I will be donating 15% of all the t-shirts sold to the Autism Society of Minnesota in May. If you would like to make a simple donation without purchasing a t-shirt, click on the button in the store that reads Donate to Awesome. Donate to AUSM. While at the store, Shop for great books by authors such as Temple Grandin, Dr. Teresa Regan, Cynthia Kim, Samuel J. Levine, and Finn V. Gratton, who wrote a book entitled Supporting Transgender Autistic Youth and Adults. You'll also find a lot of fun fidgets, weighted blankets, and a silicone bracket to help keep the material of face masks off of your skin. Go to the podcast episodes in the hamburger menu at the top right corner, click on the plus sign, then go to new podcast episodes for upcoming shows, and you can send your email address to subscribe to today's Autistic Moment to receive newly published episodes, podcast news, and updates. If you are looking for a program script and or interview transcript, You can download them with each episode. Transcripts are sponsored by GT Independence. Go to the episode index page to listen to formerly published episodes. Please follow today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Many autistic adults require supportive services to assist with tasks such as homemaking, personal support, PCAs, independent living skills workers, and other supportive services. Other autistic adults need childcare support, food assistance, fuel assistance, transportation, medical assistance, vocational rehabilitation services, and so forth. The process and the system that is supposed to help autistic adults and and obtain well-qualified workers and hold them accountable in the state of Minnesota and elsewhere is grossly inadequate. The application processes are too convoluted. Too many autistics have had inexperienced case managers who have vanished for weeks without explanation or contact from the agencies they work for. Many autistics have had services that are desperately needed denied 
without explanation or the professional common courtesy that would be a requirement for anyone else working in customer service. Others have had horrific ordeals with on-demand disability transportation drivers being verbally abusive and or harass autistic adults. Things like this just should not be happening. Minnesota is better than this. The United States is better than this. On this episode of Today's Autistic Moment, I will be joined by my guest, Sarah Swan, from Looking Forward Life Coaching to chat about the many autistic adults who have had such incidences with community-based services. We will reveal some of the results of the survey that was conducted through which some very courageous autistic adults told us about their experiences when they apply to get community-based services. Much of what we discuss here may be triggering for many of you. However, we want your stories to be heard by people who will actually listen. We want to begin a truthful and assertive public conversation that will hopefully bring changes in public policy and accountability to improve our quality of life. After this commercial break, I will begin my conversation with Sarah Swan. Stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Wouldn't life be great if everything fell in place? Sometimes our lives need a little rearranging. One of the most challenging times is when we experience a major transition, such as job exploration, moving to a new place, or simply when you are defining your path in life. During these challenging times, individuals can feel like there's a great river between you and where you want to go. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps carve a path to the destination that's right for you, then lay the stepping stones so you can accomplish your goals. Visit us at lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is now a proud member of the National Podcast Association. The National Podcast Association will share new episodes through their social media connections. The information about and stories of autistic adults will be heard by a wider audience. Thank you to the National Podcast Association for welcoming today's Autistic Moment and the voices of autistic adults to their list of members. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. GT Independence is a national leader in financial management services for self-directed in-home and community-based long-term support. 
With self-direction, you have the right to live the life you choose, regardless of age or ability, in your own home or community. At GT Independence, our job is to help make self-direction easy. With self-direction, you make all the important choices, like who to hire, when to schedule support, how to manage your care, and even who to fire if things aren't working out. We take care of the administrative details, including Medicaid waivers, new employee paperwork, taxes, and paychecks. Founded in 2004, GT Independence is a disability-owned business that's proud to have assisted more than 25,000 people in receiving self-directed care from the safety of their own homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. By removing the increased risk of group living settings, self-directed care saved lives. To learn more about GT Independence and how to self-direct care in your state, visit www.gtindependence.com. Welcome back, and now I present Autistic Adults and Community-Based Services with my guest, Sarah Swan. Sarah, I want to thank you for being on an episode of today's Autistic Moment, and I want to say I am so thrilled that you are a guest and, of course, a great sponsor to today's Autistic Moment, um, and your services are well-received by many in the autistic community community and so we need to have this conversation about what is happening with community-based services for autistic adults um this is an in an, a subject that has impacted me personally um and many others around me it has affected them personally people who have applied for services such as a PCA or medical assistance, transportation, um, childcare, um, uh, vocational rehabilitation services. There are people who have applied and tried to get qualified people, people who are knowledgeable about autism and autistic people, and we're just not getting all of that like we should. And um, this conversation needs to happen. It needs to happen for autistic adults, autistic people in general, and we need to start having a conversation publicly about how this is going for autistic adults. Um, as somebody who has experienced uh, much of the problems we're having, everything from Applications very difficult to fill out, finding people who can help fill out applications, case managers who simply do not understand autism nor how to communicate, nor do they understand how to get qualified people to work with autistic people. There are many, many issues we could discuss all day long, but you, uh, you own an agency that has life coaches 
And you and I have talked in the past that you have accompanied autistic adults in these journeys. And I'm sure you have as many stories to share as I do. So let us begin as I always begin. My first question for you, um, what important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of autistic adults and community-based services? Well, first of all, Philip, thank you so much for this opportunity to, to just have this conversation with you because I do agree a hundred percent that this is not this is not happening. This conversation is not. And unfortunately, um, many people are underserved or not served enough. And that does Agreed. not, yeah, that does not uh, bode well with, with me and my organization, but more importantly, um, the quality of life that uh, so many of you are facing is, is unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So we're, we want to come alongside and support and get you to the point that not that we want to do all the work for you. We simply just want to provide that support so you in turn can advocate and um, receive what is duly yours. Duly exactly. Yours. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, you know, thank you for all of that. So, um, in terms of information that we want to share uh, with the, my listeners, uh, mm -hmm. as we as we continue to face these these momentous challenges, um, let's put some facts on the table, and that one of those facts I do believe is that. Um, Many of the individuals who work for county offices uh, who are supposed to be helpful to autistic adults, they are simply not informed and not trained as to how to be helpful to autistic adults. Would you agree with that? Oh, I, I would completely agree with that. I think that there is a stigma that is being uh, portrayed that um, and I've seen it over and over and over again with many of my clients that there's the assumption that you don't know how to do things and you don't know how to function and you don't know how to be independent. And that's far from the truth. And if we continue to have this mentality that autistic adults cannot function and cannot be productive, um, then the world is missing out on an incredible group of people. Totally agreed. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 um, I'm going to say this, this atmosphere of ignorance mm -hmm. uh, about autistic adults is indeed a, um, it is a refusal to be aware and to accept autistic people. Mm -hmm. There is a, there is a mean ableism in this that needs to be mentioned. Um, because, you know, we are not applying for these services because we are also happy that we must apply to receive them. We are applying for these services because we really do need them. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that autistic adults 
we deal with things like executive functioning, which makes it difficult for us to manage our day-to-day self-care matters, everything from homemaking to preparing meals to, you know, keeping our, our doctor appointments, you know, scheduled and some taking meds and some needing someone there to simply witness what we're living through and be able to be on our side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, if, if you agree with me, that's what community services are really supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and why does it have to be that autistic adults have to fight for those types of things? Me, uh, you know, is a neurotypical, my, I can access all sorts of things. You know, I could call up a house cleaning service and say, Hey, I need somebody to come and house clean. You know, of course, of course I have to provide the monetary kind of things, but in turn, there's that vulnerability that, that the connection that doesn't quite happen. Maybe it be a social piece. uh, Maybe it be an organizational piece, a time management piece. Um, In turn, then that's, almost seen as a red flag why some of these services are not made available. And and that's wrong because in turn, you're being discriminated against. Of course we are. And also the very fact that um, there are many issues and pieces of information to share, such as we know that not all of this is the fault of the even the county or the organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is an issue of, of funding, mm-hmm. uh, the funding and, and wages. Mm-hmm. It, is a, it is an issue for, I mean, how are agencies supposed to hire well-trained, well-versed persons when they pay them a wage that can't even guarantee that they can hold on to a competent employee? So mm-hmm. let's give them that credit where credit is due. That is definitely part of the big, bigger problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I agree. I, their their hands are for sure tied in, in some realm. Yeah, I, I you know the it's sad to say, but our system here in the state of Minnesota is actually better than several other systems across the country, and I I do want to acknowledge that, and that's that is yes. that is a plus. That is a plus. I mean, there's you know there's other states, and I you know I don't want to name the state that you know, would simply take an amazing person like you, Philip, and let's just put him in a group home and, you know, and yeah, he'll, he'll be fine kind of thing. And so um, I, I do have to give credit where credit's due. We do have a progressive state, which is wonderful. But I think with that progression, um, it leads to some barriers that we run into. And, and oh. that is unfortunate um, that, uh a lot of those pieces um, don't fall into place where they should. And then the person that gets affected the most is the person who needs the services. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have, I have myself experienced and I have heard of others experiencing the system in terms of, I went to fill out an application and I went to ask for help. And the person who was helping me didn't understand 
nor did I understand what that person was telling me. And so, um, you know, they were just so overwhelmed by their encounter with caseworkers that they just simply walked away. We know mm -hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. And so, but we, as you know, I did put out this little survey um, mm -hmm. about the experiences of some others uh, who have applied for services and some of the um, situations that they have reflected upon. And so, Sarah, um, I think it's best if you can give uh, a little bit of a synopsis, I suppose, mm -hmm. about what you observed as you were looking through the survey and the, and the answers that were given. What were some things that really, uh, really jumped out at you? Oh, of course, of course. Thank you, Philip. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad you put this out there. These are, this survey asked some of those really tough questions, and and I applaud your responses that you got because that was, you know, that step that might have been a little bit difficult for your listeners. But I'm so glad that you did get some responses. But when I was looking through this, um, my heart broke. My heart just broke because there was sadness, there was frustration, there was even fear, what I heard as some of these responses. And this isn't how someone should live. This is no. this is this is not how someone should live. And uh, you know, I I just really wanted to reach out to each one of these individuals and say, no, there, there is help, there is support, and that's what we can provide. Um, a big piece of what I hear is, and as you know all too well, and I do too, working with um, several of our clients, that this system is so overwhelming. Like, the information is... It, it's too much. It's too much information. And to try to face that alone, I I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Just even me, I'd be like, whoa, this is way too much. And then to see what just was devastating for me to hear that there were people that we were being abused by service providers. Um you know, we write a we have a really tight ship at looking forward life coaching. And you know. We, we focus in on the person and to hear things like saying that they felt that um, their life was in danger or that their service provider uh, told them how much they hated the job and was saying things like stupid stuff to spend time with an individual. It just that devastates me and and i know this is true i know this is true i have heard it i have heard it time after time again with the clients prior to coming to us and and it's just it breaks my heart and i can understand why someone would want to walk away from that system absolutely yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know if you if you there is the human element of if you're standing there knocking at a door and nobody's answering mm -hmm. or someone's just being rude, you simply give up and you walk away. And and mm -hmm. unfortunately, many autistic adults wind up walking away from services they really need and, and suffering in the silence of that, which is really, mm -hmm. 
extremely extremely um um heart crushing it really is well and philip uh, what i have noticed too is the the main reason why i created this nonprofit was that I was seeing so many times I was, I was an educator. I was an educator for over 20 years and I was seeing so often um, individuals falling through the cracks because one of two things, either they weren't so seriously involved that their service is coming out of every which way, which is, which is good and needed for sure. I'm not knocking that. And the second was that these were individuals that weren't ultra, ultra naughty <laughs> and had behavior issues that in turn was going to go into a completely other system, which is usually the, the um, prison system yeah. or whatever that is. And, and, and again, um, those are very much needs based, but I just saw this group of individuals that were falling between the cracks. And that's what made me develop this is because Individuals like you, Philip, and your listeners, there isn't that support um, and the ability to to set them up for success. Okay, exactly. So you've got you've got such a convoluted system, and again, I'm not trying to knock it. You know, there's there's I have several friends that work, you know, within the counties, and they try so so very hard. But it's a one size fits all, and it shouldn't be a one size fits all. Okay, right, you know, right. if if the paperwork isn't understanded, okay, let's look at it a different way. How can we? How can we? How can we? You know, support people in a better environment. After this commercial break, I will continue with autistic adults and community based services with my guest Sarah Swan. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org. Visit the virtual booth for today's autistic moment at the Inform Influence Innovative Together, the virtual collaborative conference organized by the Autism Societies of Minnesota and Greater Wisconsin, April 21st through the 24th. I will be offering appointments for those who might be interested in being future guests on my podcast or have suggestions about topics you would like to hear about. Be sure to purchase a custom-made t-shirt by April 24th to go towards the fundraiser for the Autism Society of Minnesota.
Welcome back. Let us now return to my interview with Sarah Swan. Uh, we've already been crossing in, into my second question, and there's no reason we can't continue with them, but what are the barriers for autistic adults of all ages when it comes to community-based services? And we've already been naming many of them. Uh, the, those barriers are, you know, trained uh, case managers, overworked case managers, poorly paid case managers. You know, um, I don't want to name my county because I don't want to be reprimanded by somebody for doing it. But my county is one of the most disorganized counties I have ever come across. Um, every time I talk to a different caseworker, um, I get a different answer that somebody before me did not give me the right information. Mm-hmm. And then I get the same, I get the same kind of answer from the person after them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and before I know it, I've got so many versions of this, of this, so many different versions of the same issue that I wind up having to go through, through my political leaders to finally get mm-hmm. somebody to sit up and pay attention. And Mm -hmm. as we've already said, that just should not be the case, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately it is. And so, um, you know, like I said, we we can name these barriers all day long, but let's, let's name a few of them, a few more of them, because we really want to help our, our listeners, the people who are experiencing these things Mm -hmm. know, you know, you're not the only ones experiencing this number one and number two, um, when we get into the part about advocacy, we're going to say that <clears throat> we're, we are experiencing these horrible experiences, but we are not alone. We do have advocates mm-hmm. and we're going to, we're going to talk about where they, you know, how they can advocate, how we can advocate. So, mm-hmm. but for now, you know, a lot of these barriers already have to do, we've already said funding, mm-hmm. we've said training, certification. Mm-hmm. I had a PCA inform me that the test given by uh, MDH to become a certified PCA is the kind of test that can be passed by any parent who has ever taken care of a sick child about five to 10 years old. Wow. There is nothing in those tests that even indicates that they, the kinds of people that they could be working for. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that is just alarming scary you know and Mm -hmm. so you know the questions we have to ask why aren't why isn't the state making better you know making improvements to this system Mm -hmm. what what do you think is going on there well i think probably the biggest disservice and um i think this is one of the ways that you and i got connected is absolutely is the fact that an autism society of Minnesota has said this, there's so many services and so many things provided up to age 18 and all of a sudden, boom, it completely drops off. And we, we don't even start providing services until at least 16 and it goes way well into adulthood, but we're one of the few, we're one of the very few that, that recognize that. And I think another, uh, big element that is is tough too and this is a big thing we'd spend a lot of time doing is we bridge the gaps of the silos there's silos everywhere okay so let's take for i'm not 
picking on you here, Philip, but I'm going to no, use no. you for an example. Okay, so you've got you've got a PCA. You might have voc vocational rehab. You might have, you know, a case manager and then um, a, a financial support manager. Okay, so let's just say you have those four silos, and they're supposed to work towards your good. Okay, what's going to be the most beneficial for you? What is going to be um, person-centered for you that you truly need? And you get the case manager saying one thing and the PCA saying a third thing. Just like you had said, you'd gone to so many different case managers and they gave you a different result. So a big thing that we spend, and and I've been on both sides of the table. I, um, you know, I, as an educator, I, I had seen these silos, but um, I have an uncle that I'm guardian of and that needs that support. And I've seen all the silos that he has faced that we've had to bridge as his advocates that should not, there should not be that breakdown. And that's a big thing that I see that's happening is, is that silo effect and how can we bridge it? And that starts, unfortunately, kind of the state county level is, is those many times those silos are occurring and who's going to get the result of it is, is the people they're supposed to be supporting. Agreed. Totally, totally, totally agreed. Yes. And I, I agree with that. Uh, I can name any number of situations where my case manager has informed me of, of, of somebody, a homemaker coming to work with me and him and I have worked out the details of what's going to be needed about what's going to be expected. And then the, um, the person who comes here has no clue about anything that mm -hmm. I said to the case manager, none at all. Mm -hmm. And I have to go back to the, back, you know, I had been, you know, I have often gone back to the case manager. He's told me, he told me, and then somebody in their office said that he didn't. Well, you know, I had, I had, you know, um, I will say I do have a superb, uh, independent living skills worker and a personal support. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but there was a time when um, I had to finally put an email between him and my case manager because he had been saying to me, I have not heard from your case manager. Will you, will you, will you ask him to contact me? I'm like, yes, I will. I contact the case manager and the case manager said that they contacted him. He comes back to me the following week I have not heard from your case manager, you know, whatever. So finally, mm -hmm. I, I got completely frustrated. And here's the, here's an advocacy tip for some of my listeners. If you're in that kind of situation, sit down with an email to both, mm -hmm. your, both your case manager and whoever it is that, that's working for you. Write an email to both, and like, like I did. And I simply said, look, this is not appropriate for me to be between two professional people mm -hmm. who are supposed to be looking out for my services. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so will you two please work out communicating with me with each other mm -hmm. and leave me out of between you and just work on mm -hmm. making sure I get the service I need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, but I, I, I did that. I had to do that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, it's just a fact that, unfortunately, because of how the system is so broken, that um, 
autistic adults and their caregivers. And I'm sending this message out to my listeners, many of whom are in the same situation. Mm -hmm. You, you are the best person to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of where we are, you have to do that. Sometimes you just Mm -hmm. have to. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're already saying we're already crossing into what are some steps that autistic adults and our supporters need to take to advocate for our needs. And, um, I'm going to give you the floor to talk about some, but I wanted to say something that I had to do on, on two occasions that I do encourage my listeners to give some thought to, um, I had a caddy case manager about a year and a half ago who suddenly became non-existent, would not Mm -hmm. call me, would not return calls, emails, anything. So finally, after, after about two weeks of that, I sat down at my computer and I wrote out a letter. Mm -hmm. I addressed it to the governor, the lieutenant governor, my state senator, my state representative, my county commissioner, my county um, human services office. I also wrote it to um, the um, executive director of the agency that my case manager worked for and the case manager themselves. I mm-hmm. wrote out one, one letter and that and and then I, but and I put the the names and addresses of each of those persons up above so that mm-hmm. each of them could see that each of them got the same message from one person. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And so and so let me just say I sent that I put that in the mail on a Monday. I I'm, I'm sorry. I excuse me. On a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I got a call as early as Monday morning, apologizing to me that I had been, I had been left in this situation and that mm-hmm. they were going to call somebody to do something. And mm-hmm. so to my listeners, if you're experiencing something, sometimes you have to be willing to do these things and or getting mm-hmm. some people to help you do these things. You must mm-hmm. advocate for yourself because you are the best person to advocate for yourselves and uh, however you choose to do that, you must begin there. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- where would you take that one, Sarah? Oh, well, first of all, so cool. Good for you. Good for you, Philip. Again, I have to call you my hero. He really is, folks. He, he is my hero. I just love what he's doing. And and that's just amazing. Um, you know, it, unfortunately, it's, who screams the loudest gets the gets the response, but sometimes you just have to flat out yell. And good, good for you. I mean, there is a reason that these are elected officials. They aren't up on some pedestal. They need to be made aware of, and they need to do their job for you because because it, it's that's why they're in office um, more than anything. And I agree with you a hundred percent that you are your best advocate. Yes, we, we advocate for our clients. Yes, we provide advocacy training and that such a stuff. But when it gets down to it, you know yourself better than anybody else or your caregiver who, who has known you all your life does, or maybe your spouse, you know, we lean on those people because they're going to come beside you 
and and truly fight what what you need what you need for sure and uh, right. use your resources you know it's it the theory is um it's not what you know it's who you know kind of thing <laughs> you know so use those resources you know if you've got a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend we'll talk to that friend and say okay how how can we make some changes here and and provide what i need mm -hmm. right I would imagine that you uh, and many of your staff at Looking Forward LC have had to assist um, some of your clients to advocate. What are some ways mm -hmm. that you have found to be very effective? Well, uh, we we work with we work with like I said, sixteen and up, and we have some college age, collegiate age individuals. And uh, one of the stigma that falls into it is, up until college, um, a young person has the ability to lean on their parents or their caregivers um, to advocate for them. But by law, in college, the the caregivers cannot step in at that point. Even even if they're assigned guardian, it still needs to go through the student first. But when you all of a sudden have an advocate in a professional setting, which we are, come into the college setting or the collegiate setting, whether it be trade schools to you know Ivy League, and say this person needs these accommodations. These this person needs this support. All of a sudden, they'll sit up real quick <laughs> and be willing to jump through those hoops because there's that assumption. Unfortunately, the 18 to 22, 23 year olds, it, they're they're trying to scam the system. No, if they need extra time on a test or if they need something like that, then they get to give it to them. Um, you know, other areas that that just need support with advocacy is is starting up stuff like medical assistance just where do we start with that so many times we'll just sit down with them and go step by step by step and we talk we talk a lot about thinking outside the box okay what are our different learning styles are we you know are we very good auditorily or are we a visual learner and and if our client does much better with the visual then have that right there in front of them and then have a second copy for our coach so we can go step by step. If it's an auditory and they just want to hear the questions, we'll just ask the questions and then transcribe for them. So again, it's it's a different theory of just handing over a form and saying, here, good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so, how, so how do you... Um, how do you help some people with things like that? Uh, again, talk a little bit about how you how you help how you how do you help them self advocate? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, it, again, we go within their learning styles. Okay, how will they learn that self advocacy? Okay, many times um, when when we work through things, it might be repetitive stuff. Okay, so. So we get into a situation, say, okay, what worked in the past? Remember, these are the steps. If it's a visual learner, you know, maybe we create note cards or some sort of visual aid to, to re-encourage that advocacy. 
Um, we'll go with them step by step on what they need, but then uh, fade back a, a bit until they truly feel like they feel comfortable advocating. A big, a big piece of of what autistic adults face is not necessarily the intellectual. It's it's the social piece. Yes. It's it's the emotional piece. It's the anxiety that sits there, and 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 so many times to feel that safety net, that that comforting blanket of a coach with you when you're just doing it all on your own. I can't tell you how many times um, we might be with one of our clients and they just we've prepped them, we've talked about it, we're ready, and they just boom, but they want us right there. Can, can I give an example, if you don't mind? Yes, Philip? please. Yes, please. Okay, so we we had this young man, and and he wanted so bad to to go to to tech school to become a welder. Okay, and totally did, which is great. He he rocked it out, but he need, he asked me. He says, for orientation, I don't need you to go into orientation for me, but could you just sit out in the lobby? <laughs> And I said, sure, sure, I could sell lobby and play Candy Crush. All is good. <laughs> <laughs> and so he'd come out periodically and just look. Okay, she's still there. Okay. And I'd be like, questions? No, 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 I'm okay. I'm like, great, 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 great. And so he'd go back in, you know, an hour later, came back out. You okay? Yep. Oh, all good. And then when we got to the end, that's when we had to fill out some paperwork. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'd like you to just help guide me through this. And, and, it was just simply that um, that comfort, that safety net in case he started to fall. He knew he could be like, "Okay, I'm confused. I'm I'm lost. Help me through this." But he did it all on his own, which was really cool. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I want to say this to my listeners here. Um, I know you've all heard me re say and repeat a hundred times about know your autism and then become the expert about mm -hmm. your autism and talking about it. And also that um, part of self-advocacy is telling your stories. And I think mm -hmm. I'd like to take just a, a brief moment here to explain why I tell my listeners that. Um, you see, all too often, us autistics are presumed literally incompetent at times mm -hmm. to speak up in a way that people will listen. Um, and also that somehow this is a, it's a terrible stigma that we are that is placed upon us that somehow we don't understand what's going on with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we can't talk about it. Um, and then there's also the matter that, you know, um, because we are, we have these social challenges that we must not know how to make people understand. And I, I concur with that because I have my days when I feel like I'm talking to somebody other than my husband, of course, when I'm talking <laughs> to somebody and, or, you know, and explaining to them how my autism might be affecting me in this particular instance, it can feel like the person on the other end just isn't even listening or paying attention. I, I get that. But at the same time, what I want to say is I say 
be the expert about your autism, mm -hmm. be the expert about talking about your autism, and tell your story because only you know what being autistic means for you. This is why I say this all the time, my dear listeners. Um, we do need to tell people that we are not incompetent about knowing who knowing ourselves. We really do. We do need to we do need to do some of that advocacy for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. Autistic individuals, we have a great sense of intelligence. Mm -hmm. We have we do have our communication strengths and weaknesses, just like any human person. We have our emotions that every person has. Ours just works differently in terms of regulating versus dysregulating. But the mm -hmm. point is, we have a story to tell about what being autistic means for us. And I say it on every show because I want to encourage other autistic adults, like myself, that when you tell your stories, when you tell somebody what being autistic means for you, and that is part of the reason for this podcast in the first place, I want the autistic adults who listen in and the caregivers who listen in to feel empowered and to give empowerment to themselves, to advocate, to tell your stories and tell people what you know about yourself. Because um, when people are hearing those personalized stories, now they can actually put a person behind what they think the stigma applies to. And they can begin to say, no, actually that stigma is, is completely incorrect. They mm -hmm. need to know that those things happen. And that's one of, the thing, one of the things that I believe that would be so importantly beneficial to this matter of community-based services. Um, you know, I am a complete fan of just, just telling people this is the experience that I've had and letting people hear about that experience. And I also know the frustration of feeling like somebody is not listening. Mm -hmm. I, I know I experienced that all the time. Well, there is also the theory of that if you tell that story enough times, even to the same person, however they might or might not be listening, eventually they may, I say may because no, there, there are no guarantees in this business, unfortunately. But they may just start to say, you know, maybe I really am not listening like I should. Maybe, maybe I should be paying attention. And by all means, talk with, network with others who are experiencing the same things and mm -hmm. talk about ways that you can all advocate together. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think one of the things that Looking Forward LC does through your life coaching and please elaborate this on on this if you if you so desire um is you help people to learn how to how to tell their stories about themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you 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 give them some of those tools to be able to do to do that am i correct about that you are and it would only be fair if i actually told you my story and if you would like to know my journey, um, I'd love to share it. Okay, uh, please do. Okay, so when I was born, and this was in 1974, um, 
there was complications. And the easiest way to explain it is uh, the umbilical cord was, was broken and I ran out of air. Okay. And I was caught for about four minutes. So, and I know that's a little graphic and I do apologize. Um, but essentially, um, I had extreme cell swelling on the brain. I have seizures. I was black and blue. Um, I sleep 23 out of 24 hours. Um, they, the pediatrician at that time came into the hospital room of my parents and said, there's no hope. She's never going to be normal. Just put her in an institution now. There's, there's just nothing. There's nothing. She'll never be able to account to anything. And my parents went, no, we're going to take her home and love her. Um, my parents, my mother came from, my grandparents created, uh, they first went back and got their special ed degrees in the 1940s, which didn't ever exist back then. And then they created what is now called a day program. Uh, the very, very first day program, sheltered in employment at that point for my uncle with hopes that he could he could be more appended. And so they knew what it was like to take someone home and love them. And if my parents had not done that and had not made that choice, my life would be totally different. It would be mm -hmm. totally different. Yes, I, I, I know for sure I have some learning disabilities. I know I do have some delays, um, but uh, I, I'm very grateful and and with that comes the the desire to provide that level of hope and help to anyone I possibly can. I possibly yeah. can. And that's what look, looking for life coaching does. That is just wonderful. That is just wonderful. After this final commercial break, I will conclude my interview with Sarah Swan followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA Choice, Homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. The Autism Society of Minnesota provides counseling services, support groups, the Community Resources Directory, Public Policy for Autistic People, Skill Shops Classes, the State Conference, and Community Summit. The Autism Society of Minnesota provides scholarships 
to many low-income autistic individuals and families to be able to attend their many educational opportunities. They provide education for care providers and professionals to better understand autism and the needs of autistic people. Awesome is providing training for law enforcement officials in their interactions with autistic individuals. The Autism Society of Minnesota provides summer camps and social events for families with autistic children, spouses, and so much more. To celebrate the Autism Society of Minnesota's 50th year and to support their work for the autistic community, I am having a t-shirt sale and fundraiser. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com and to the store to purchase a custom-made t-shirt anytime between March 1st and April 24th. I will be donating 15% of all the t-shirts sold to the Autism Society of Minnesota through the Give It Home fundraiser in May through GiveMN, which will double the amount of the donation. If you want to make a donation without purchasing a t-shirt, you can do that too. Click on the Donate to Awesome fundraiser in the store to make a donation. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. On May 10th, I will publish the episode, Autistic Adults and Independent Living. My guest is Dan Carmichael, an autistic who is the co-owner of GT Independence. Dan will talk about what independent living can mean for autistic adults. Dan will also share his insights as an autistic with an autistic son and what helping to develop GT Independence has been like for him. On May 24th, I will publish the installment, Autistic Adults and Justice in Employment. My guest is author and law professor Samuel J. Levine. Samuel Levine will talk about the challenges of employment for autistic adults and offer his insights to help autistics work through the complex challenges with being employed. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Welcome back to the conclusion of my interview with Sarah Swan and following the Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Well, Sarah, I, as I announced in my, uh, one of my uh, ads for this particular program, I did say we are not going to solve all of these problems today. No. But the goal of this was to bring some of these conversations into uh, a public sphere and I feel mm-hmm. like we have definitely done that and um, and so this has been just a marvelous conversation and hopefully mm-hmm. a marvelous beginning to some much needed policy change mm-hmm. um, but uh, I also want to want to ask one last question two, two questions course. please and that would be um, do you have any resources that you suggest that some might reach out to to get some some kind of help when they're facing these challenges with community-based services? 
Oh, oh yeah, of course. You know, there there are some great uh, agencies out there. Of course, I have to promote my own. <laughs> but you of know, course. <laughs> um, what what we could provide, we're able to accept um, different kinds of waivers here in the state of Minnesota: CDCS, CSG, FSG, and we are almost. Um, almost there for family training um and which means we can accept all waivers except for elderly um so so we're able to come alongside everybody and support them that way um a big piece that i would i would suggest is you know reaching out to every level of of government that you possibly can um, and see what's what's out there. You know, there are there are great agencies that can provide great help, like Pacer, Frazier, all those kind of things. But it also kind of matters if it truly is what's best for you. Um, many times uh, there is the one size fits all yet it does not work that way um so so we we spend a lot of time just really trying to like i said bridge those gaps um but uh you know those are of course i plugged for myself mm. and i'm trying to think of some others right now off the top of my head and i'm sorry i'm blanking a little bit that's all right that's all right that's all right yeah um i would also remind my listeners that the autism society of minnesota oh, does yes, have a public policy has a public policy advocate, and there are they are working on some bills right now to be assist to help autistic adults in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. um, there is a public policy advocate there, and there are people on staff there that that can listen uh, to what you're experiencing and can possibly give you some some resources to go on uh, in, if you're in Minnesota. Um, well, and sorry to interrupt here, Phil, but no, I, you are very right. I, I truly apologize for not uh, following up with sorry. Awesome. Um, they've been huge supports of, of us from beginning. And I think what draws me to them and it what has I have modeled uh, myself off of them is the fact that um, on our board, we will always have either um, a client that has been former client that has been affected by the help of looking forward life coaching um, or a parent or a caregiver. And, and we've learned that from Autism Society of Minnesota because it's really hard to preach this support if you don't have people that are actually, you know, results of it. And, and exactly. That's what, I, that's what I love about Autism Society of Minnesota. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, their advocacy and education is is totally worth it, and mm -hmm. and I know I myself would I don't know where I would be without them and all the work that they've done oh. with and for me. So, um, Sarah, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Uh, the best way is to look at our website, which is lookingforwardlc.org. Uh, and on there, there's an email, and you can email us for info at lookingforwardlc.org. And love to do a free meet and greet. Right now, we're doing virtual, um, and we are able, we're in all seven counties of the metro and on. And now we've actually started accepting clients um, from other states since we are able to do this wow. virtually. 
Wow. Um, and we, since we are a nonprofit, we can provide um, some scholarship or uh, reduced rates for people who may not receive waiver support or state support. Um, we right. just really want to be able to provide whatever we can to anyone who needs it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for being on today. And yes. um, indeed, to my listeners, if you have questions, please email Sarah. Um, and if you have questions for me, you can always email me at P-K-L-O-W-E at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Philip. You are, are just a pioneer. You're changing the ways, and I love it. Thank you so much. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Go to AUSM.org to download Awesome's 2021 Summer Recreation Catalog. There are some great recreational activities for autistic youth and young adults to have sensory-friendly days at fun places like Silverwood Park, the Bakken Museum, the Minnesota Zoo, Woodlake Nature Center, the Walker Arts Center, and the Mill City Museum. These sessions are limited to 12 participants, so go check them out to register soon. Supplemental Needs Trust Planning Virtual Skill Shop will be on May 11, 2021 at 7 p.m. at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Rachel Schroman is an estate planning and elder law attorney and owner of Schroman Law LLC. Rachel will talk about the best planning practices to protect those you love who are artistic. Planning for the Unexpected Emergency Preparedness for Autistic Adults. This virtual skill shop will be on May 25th, 2021, beginning at 7 p.m. at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Eric Ringenberg will give some tips about reviewing the basic items that make up an emergency kit to prepare for the unexpected. Steps for Autism in Minnesota will take place on Sunday, May 23, 2021, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Como Lakeside Pavilion on 1360 Lexington Parkway North in St. Paul, Minnesota. With safety in mind and social distancing in place, Austin will offer participants a walk route, fun activities, an Austin resource fair, and opportunities for community connections. Those who prefer virtual access will find Autism Business and organizational resources at AUSM.org and will be able to walk their favorite route in their own and on their own time. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult.
GT Independence is a national leader in financial management services for self-directed in-home and community-based long-term support. With self-direction, you have the right to live the life you choose, regardless of age or ability, in your own home or community. At GT Independence, our job is to help make self-direction easy. With self-direction, you make all the important choices, like who to hire, when to schedule support, how to manage your care, and even who to fire if things aren't working out. We take care of the administrative details, including Medicaid waivers, new employee paperwork, taxes, and paychecks. Founded in 2004, GT Independence is a disability-owned business that's proud to have assisted more than 25,000 people in receiving self-directed care from the safety of their own homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. By removing the increased risk of group living settings, self-directed care saved lives. To learn more about GT Independence and how to self-direct care in your state, visit www.gtindependence.com.